Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Crack the Codes brought to you by iCrack Skills. My name is Adriana Johnson. And I'm Alexis Wilkinson. And today we're here talking with Miss Christina Bonanet, Esquire. Esquire. Yes. So let's get this right. So just to give you a little background, Miss um, Bonanet is from the New York area. Um, she's a practicing administrative law judge um, in like the greater Newark area. Um, New York. New York really, I'm, I'm appointed in Brooklyn. So okay. yeah. Fantastic. Nice. So today we're going to, you know, pick her brain a little bit because not only does she um, practice law, but she's also um, a budding entrepreneur. So we want to, uh, you know, find out a little bit about what she's doing, um, especially for the youth in this area. So, Christina, welcome. Yes, Thank welcome. you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I, um, since 2013, I've been an administrative law judge in Brooklyn, and I preside over administrative hearings for different city agencies, so Department okay. of Health, uh, Department of Homeless Services and Child Welfare, to name a few. When I graduated from law school though, I went into education. I loved education. I knew that was gonna be a part of my career. I didn't really know how, and I won't go into the full details, but I ended up co-founding, I ended up co-founding a, uh, an organization called Progressive, Progressive Educational Consulting Group. And so through that organization, I do various uh, professional development workshops and other things to kind of support educators and students. Nice, fantastic. So, I was gonna say. So where'd you, where'd you graduate um, law school from? Penn State. Ooh, from Yeah, PA. man. She's representing okay. PA. Penn State. That's it, yes. Penn State Dickinson School of Law. Nice, yep. nice, yep. nice. Lived nice. in Carlisle, Pennsylvania okay. for a while, so. Now, one of the things that you said that you were passionate about was education. And yeah. I feel like it's kind of, we kind of have like the same passion. Because even though I went to school for civil engineering, I found myself more gravitated towards, um, you know, like the coaching and the teaching aspects of it. So what is it that you're looking to, you know, pass on to, you mentioned either the teacher or the, the student? I think at the core of our belief, it's that you're talented, you're beautiful, you're powerful. And so what we're trying to pass on is how to create the, the optimal atmosphere for those talents to be what they are, for those skills to be what they are. So that's what we want to pass on, right? It may not always appear that way. You know, we as a, as a community, a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm black, right? I'm of Haitian descent. And so my heart is definitely with the black community. And I think within the black community, you know, we, we struggle with so much mm -hmm. and we're burdened with so much and we're facing so we much. Struggled there before. Right. And so it can seem like, oh gosh, you know, I don't want to deal. Yeah. Or you, because of all that struggle that we're facing, sometimes as educators, you know, you can't see past that because the students aren't living past that, but it's there. Yes. And so what do you do in your classroom, right? Teacher, administrator, or for the PDs that we do for students, you know, what do you do as a student to make sure that you're putting out there your best, right? And therefore getting back the best that you can get back. 
So like, what do you think is the most or the, the greatest impact that you can say um, you either had on a kid or maybe an educator where they then roughly moving forward um, can say, hey, this became a success story. Um, and I, like, I saw a change in a student or I saw a change in myself to you know, be that impact and see someone grow. So I did a lot of mentoring. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit older. A little bit older. <laughs> so when I was in my I was like late teens, early 20s, I did a lot of mentoring with the young people in my local community. Um, we had relationships. I helped them with their academics and you know through college. And, and I do a lot of work with my church. And I think that was the most impactful because we started so young mm -hmm. and I got to actually see how what I poured in affected their decision making when they were in their late teens and going to college and in their Dude, you yes. know early 20s and now you know mid 20s and you know still pouring in but I'm like wow like I've I've actually had an impact on how you're shaping your life and I get so to see that. And it's funny. so exciting. Yeah, Isn't that so exciting? It's, it's, it's beyond exciting. And the reason why I say that too, because you know, we, we see this in our athletes. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not even necessarily the, like their athletic ability um, enhancing, not to say that it's not, but primarily them growing as an individual. Yeah, so I like, for example, I have a kid right now who, you know, is starting college and is very frantic and like nervous and having these panic attacks mm. and you could just tell because she doesn't ever really text me that often and her her text messages you could see like I'm trying to reach out and so I'm sitting there saying hey you know you're gonna be okay you know mm. as a freshman we never get the respect that we technically we deserve, earn, that we deserve <laughs> because you know especially being like at the top in high school, now you have to go right back down to the bottom and you have to build your way back up. Understand that while you building and you persevering through that adversity, it's gonna mold you to the person that you truly wanna become. But you can't allow that adversity to affect who you are in the midst of, you know, just the beginning. It's just the beginning stages. You have to be able to, you know, like kinda move on. And it, it's funny because you see it happen with a lot of, lot of kids. And when they come back and they're like, you know what, coach? You said this one thing to me, and I kind of took that with me for these these last four years, and now look where I'm at. And you're sitting here like, really? I didn't know this. Yeah, and then you're just doing what you right, do. Right, right, right. Because I think we had a conversation once before where you were saying that like certain things um, that you were bringing to the table, you were taking them to like a networking function, and. And like things that we take for granted, like yes. this is what, like you know it to. This is what I need to do. Right. However, the you know the this, the young women or, or men that you were taking with you, that wasn't part of their you know what I'm saying their experience. Mm -hmm. So this was like oh like you know and, and for the words of advice. <laughs> no, no, but it's right. great that they were able to experience that before they were in a situation where they had to fly on their own yes. and fail. And that's what something that you brought out. I think that's what like AJ and I are passionate about is that early intervention. Let's mm -hmm. get you not to try to help you out of a bad situation, but let's try to mold you so that you can 
find have, yourself. Yeah, life. you can have your, a little bit of an easier path, you know, through it. We all know life has adversity, right? But at you least you know it's coming yes. and you can attack it gracefully rather than, oh my gosh, the world's going to end. I give right. up, you know? Because, right. like you right. said, especially in the black community, I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. The kids, it's like, this is too hard. What they tell us all the time, I'm not me for this, I'm not doing whatever they say. They're saying they're ridiculous. They're saying but that's a whole other story. <laughs> they're ready to give up so with quick. one, one right. little thing. Yeah. Something that doesn't go their way. Or mm-hmm. if you feel as though, it, it, and it, it could be just a simple saying or statement that was said to them, and they're taking it in the negative aspect, and they think, like, you know, like Lex said, the world is coming to an end, nothing's going my way. So instead of me continuing to do this, I'm just going to turn my back and I'm going to go hop on maybe something that's more successful Mm. versus let me stick this out because now that I have all these puzzle pieces together, it's going to be more rewarding in the end to know that I put this puzzle together versus I hopped on somebody else's puzzle and all I had to do was put one piece in and said, hey, I have this success. Right. One of the, for all of my career readiness workshops, one thing that I harp on at the outset is this is going to be work. Yes. This is not a, okay, I'm going to take this workshop. I have the magic pill. You know, I'm going to step outside. I'm going to have this wonderful professional network and it's all going to just be for my best and I'm not going to have to do much. No, Mm -hmm. this is work. Mm -hmm. You know, maintaining a career is work. Building a career is work and the work doesn't stop. My job is to teach you effective ways to work because you can work and produce nothing, right? Or you can work smart and effectively and produce much. So what I do is I teach young professionals or budding professionals, students, how to work smart. But that work component does not change. And that's something that you better get earlier than later because the earlier you start working and the more effectively you start working, the more you can build. Absolutely. And it's just, and, and the more gratifying it is at the end. Like, instead of always having to, like, rely on somebody else to do it. Because yes. I feel like, and I know I always sound like a broken record because we've had this conversation. I mean, we touched, we reach out to professionals like yourselves in, in, in different avenues so that our listeners can hear from different people besides just us that you have to you have to put an effort to get a product. But at the same time, like even though everybody is in a different field per se, the basic foundation is very similar. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like a lot of them understand that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh well, he's a coach and she's a lawyer and He's a doctor. Everybody's road was different. Yeah, everybody is going to travel down a different road, but for them to get there and be the success that they are, that foundation is pretty similar in terms of like that their core values or the, the certain things that they had to do or had to sacrifice to get there. And there are keywords that we constantly stress on a lot of our kids, and I would say sacrifice and communication, um, being committed is primarily some of our our biggest ones, but I don't think that a lot of them actually understand what we mean when we say it. 
Uh, to be fair, and I and I always say this, especially when I'm speaking to parents or um, mentors, depending on the audience, that we were all young once. Yes. Right. I I was 18. <laughs> I was 18 at some point. You know, I was 16 at some point. I was 20 at some point. What do I mean when I say that? I mean, I understand the fact that it's not all going to click, yes. right? Some of it is going to sound like wah, 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 right? right? Like Absolutely. Muppets, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it does, and that's why it takes uh, multiple people, right? It takes you, it takes me, it takes that whole village right. to be drilling yeah. these basic concepts because one day, inevitably, inevitably, with the work that I do, one day it does click. It doesn't necessarily click the first time, the second time. In a classroom, usually it's at some obscure moment of like, oh, wow. That's what they know. That's what, you know, that's what she was talking about. That's what he was talking about. And so as, as the elders, as the mentors, as the educators, our job is to look past that, right? Look past them rolling their eyes like, oh, gosh, here she goes again. Yep, and I'm going to say it tomorrow. And I'm gonna say it the day after that yeah. because you need to hear it. You need to hear it. Just like I was blessed enough to have parents and teachers and elders and mentors that t- today, even to this day, that are just like, yeah, yeah no, mediocrity is an option. Yeah. Like you can do better. You can push more. There is a more effective way. Yeah. So you know, that's just you know that that that's how we have to to function and remember that we we've all been there. Yep, that's true. Now, I know, like, one of the things you say you're teaching are, like, effective skills. So, I'm around a lot of high school kids. Can you please explain to them how important even your attire is? <laughs> Professional <laughs> attire. Please, yes. please, yes. please speak someone. Make sure you guys are listening in <laughs> okay. on this one. So, my, my, my kings and queens, my princesses and princes. When you're in a professional setting, and what does that even mean? Let's start there. Yes. Right? What does a professional setting mean? A professional setting is you're not hanging out with your friends, right? So you don't have uh, personal relationships that are, are based in, you know, oh, that's my, that's my homie, that's my homeboy, that's, that's my dude, that's my girl. You're not kicking it, right? You have people in the room who are educators who are you know have potential opportunities or access to opportunities that are opportunities for you and you identify that you're there to make an impression right for some people they may have some exposure to this because they go to church or some sort of like religious setting and generally you know in those types of places you have to dress up so but that's religious but in a professional setting same idea right there's a certain amount of respect that is expected and so you have to wear that professional setting <sighs> and I and I'm and I'm taking a deep breath because I'm a little dumbfounded at some of the what I see in terms of what people wear when they go on an interview which is an example of a professional setting an interview a networking mixer an event whether it's you know um you know lawyers or a, a national association of athletes that's still a professional setting. Why? Because you're an athlete and you're going to be in a room full of other 
athletes, professional athletes, you want to make an impression, which means you necessarily need to dress to impress, which is not jeans, no. which is not sneakers, no. which means you're going to wear a tie if you're a, yes. a gentleman. And if you're a woman, you're going mm-hmm. to wear dress shoes, yes. uh, comfortable dress shoes. You're going to wear pantyhose if you're a woman. Um, you're going to wear a suit, man or woman, right? As a woman, you could wear a pantsuit or a dress suit. As a man, it'd be a pantsuit. You're gonna wear a suit and you're gonna wear a button-down shirt, right? That's like the basic uniform. Now, every so often, when I do my workshop, I get pushback. I want to be a creative, right? right. I wanna, I wanna be an individual. Like That's you're, what I you're, you're telling me that I essentially have to put on a uniform, mm-hmm. and I don't want to put on a uniform. I am not God. I cannot make you do anything, right? You don't have to. You can go to a mixer in jeans and in sneakers and in a t-shirt. But what you are going to get out of that mixer in terms of the impression that you make on the people that you're interacting with is going to stunt your progress, in which case, why are you in the room? So if your objective, and you really do have to ask yourself this question before you go into any opportunity, what am I trying to get out of this? And if you're in a setting where your objective is to meet people, and have those people want to talk to you, right? want to engage you, want to open doors for you, that means that you need to make an impression. And how you dress is the first impression that you're making. First impressions are everything. Before you open your mouth, you are communicating quite a bit with what you have on. And that's your actions, technically. And that that doesn't change. It just doesn't change. Now, there are nuances in terms of, like, different industries. You may be able to get away with certain things. Yeah, you might not have to be able to wear a jacket. Maybe you can just wear the button up. But right. You don't have to wear a tie. Your or pants what? are going to be above your butt. You're going to have You're going to wear on. a belt. You're going to wear a belt. <laughs> You're going to have the belt on. You're going to wear a belt. Okay. It's not going to be a colorful one either. No, it's going to be brown or black. <laughs> You're going to wear a belt. And you can put a little handkerchief where the color can pop. There, that's right, right. You wanna, but there's, yeah, there's not too much ways and streets you can technically ride down in that setting. If again, going off of what Christina said, if you would like to have that first impression made to obtain that, yes, get that, get that objective obtained. Um, Yeah, that's. So trust me. Building off of that, I guess the next thing is appropriate um appropriate conversation oh my god and it's all the same thing <laughs> uh-oh they're all the same thing they're all the same thing oh, often are have a conversation and hold it yes oh boy yes. make sure your verbiage is accurate and correct yeah so this is something that's a little it's a little complex because a part of this is not necessarily natural. You're going to have to do it over and over and yes. over again before it becomes natural. And a part of it actually is very technical. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the technical aspects of it. Okay. And in my workshops, I go in, into more in depth, but I'll give okay. kind of tidbits. When you walk up to a person, right, first thing off the bat, introduce yourself. Ask the person who they are, right? That's a very easy way to kind of like oh get their attention introduce yourself now depending on the environment 
if let's say you know the 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 space is one where we all are there for the same reason or we have the same background for example the national association of let's say haitian lawyers mm -hmm. if i'm in a room and that's the the organization that's hosting it chances are most of the people in the room are going to be haitian lawyers right you know so something like oh you know are you an attorney yeah where do you practice the key to engaging a person is not focusing on yourself, but focusing on the other person. Right. The mistake that a lot of people make is they go up to a person, they're like, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. And it's like, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't really care. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, it doesn't. And so that's not engaging. Right. But talking to a person and, you know, asking them, you know, well, what do you do? Do you practice? here or let's say you're in a um you're at a game or you're at something i mean it's great if you have a common interest because that always yes, helps right? right if let's say sports is your common interest so talking about sports hey did you catch that game did you see that fight the mayweather fight who who expected that to play out that way i did okay whatever. <laughs> but right but but that's easy right yeah. it's, it's a start at the space where there's common ground and get to know the person Right. That that's a nice, clean, technical, like that will always be true. Okay. It'll Rule always be true. Rule number one. You introduce yourself, ask the person what's going on with them, you know, what do you, what do you do? Find that common ground and then use that as a springboard into wherever you want to take to wherever wherever you want to take the conversation. And then like I I guess also I wanna to touch on when I was saying like appropriate topics because sometimes no religion no politics no religion no politics no religion no politics yeah because <laughs> i feel like and also like no tmi i feel like sometimes <laughs> i go to places oh my gosh. and people tell me a little bit too much about themselves and i don't really know you like that yeah and i'm like Definitely. Objectives. Your objectives are not to make friends. Right. And if if knowing that that's not your objective, then don't share information that you would share with a friend. Correct. Right. If it's something that you would talk to your your bestie about or someone that you have a close relationship with, then that's probably not something you should be sharing at a professional network. You're there to listen and you're there to really get to know more about who's in the room, how you can help them, how you can support them, mm -hmm. and hopefully use that to grow whatever that means professionally. Correct. So kind of going back off of progressive education consulting group, um, you guys do have core 
um, operating values, I think, are extraordinary because I think a lot of these values we kind of withhold in just our basic setting, whether, you know, it's us training, um, ACAC skills, whether you're going off of just when we coach with AAU and Mountain B-Ball. Um, so if you don't mind, if you don't share, you know, share the, the basic core values with us and then kind of just explain to us why, like, why, why these values and what do they really represent to you and your company as a whole? So transparency, communication, collaboration, this concept that we are a family. Yes. We are, and by we, you know, people think a, a consultant, it's like, uh, you know, uh, consultant, what are you going to do? What are you going to try to fix? Our model is very much that to, to, for there to be change, for there to actually be progress, that it's not going to be, you know, Christina coming in saying, do this, do that, do that. That doesn't affect change, yeah. right? If anything, you know, rules without relationship create resistance. So mm-hmm. if I go into any mm-hmm. space and I necessarily say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing that wrong, fix it, the, the response will inevitably be, uh, I'm checking out and I really don't want to hear anything else that you have to say. So our method and the way we operate is, let me get to know you again right let's figure out how this came to be mm-hmm. and let's together figure out some solutions right now i'm going to use my expertise and our um facilitators will use you know what we have to help guide that process but it's guiding the process as opposed to telling you know don't do this don't do that mm-hmm. educators have a challenging job it is Maybe. not easy under the best of circumstances, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And if you're going into schools, which we are in urban environments where the classes, class sizes are way too big, okay? Mm-hmm. Teachers are like overworked classes. and underpaid. Yes. It's, it's, so now you're adding a whole nother series of issues and layers. So never, good. and I come from a family of educators. So I, have the, I hold educators in the highest, highest regard. So there's always this like, okay, listen, I want to help you. I want to support you. And I want to be a, an agent to help you be the best teacher that you can be. And right. so that's why our core values are what they are, even with our professional development for students, mm-hmm. right? It's not you're operating in a vacuum. Right. No, it's how do you build your village, yes. right? How do you create that environment that's going to maximize your talent and move you to the next level, mm-hmm. which requires you to be transparent, which re- requires you to be honest with yourself and honest with the people that you're engaging with, yes. right? Yes. Communication and collaboration. Yes. We are so powerful when yes. we come together. Absolutely. We are so powerful when we come together, but it, it, that shouldn't be something that you think about when you're, you know, five years out of grad school now. It's like, oh wait, I need to get a job like a real job, (laughs) you know, I can't, I can't continue doing these kind of paycheck to paycheck. That is not the time to be having that internal dialogue and come to that realization. The minute you step into college, you're a professional. Yes. Like you're, you're on the track, right? You're building. And so your mindset, right. I mean, sometimes I'll joke and say, oh, college isn't the real world. It is. If you're doing what you're supposed, supposed to be to do. doing, yeah. it is the real world, you're right? You're, balance, 
you're balancing budgets, you're dealing with your own finances, you're dealing with your time, your time, time management. It's all stewardship, yes. right? And so doing it effectively. And college is a great time to start building your professional network. A lot of the people who I call my call like my friends, my close friends, we college, met in college. Yeah. And they're bosses. I mean, they're all bosses. They're doctors. They're lawyers. They're entrepreneurs. They're everything from the White House to, you know, the mayor's office. And this is, these are the people that I connected with in college. And I also think, though, too, let me cut you off real quick, Christina, is it's also about who you associate yourself with. Mm-hmm. Because you can sit here and actually have these dreams and aspirations to do something, to get to that professional level of maybe being an entrepreneur or a doctor, a lawyer, so on and so forth. But if you're not associating yourself with people with that similar mindset, mind frame, and goals, and goal-oriented, goal the only thing that they're going to do is hold you hold back. back. And that that's going to you know deteriorate anything that you technically may have going for yourself if you find yourself with somebody who's just like, yo, I'm in college because... I got. I'm. I don't gotta hear my mom's mouth no more. Mm. <laughs> or I had. I so I had a classmate but, that was that you know, literally said, "Now, mind you, this is the late '90s, not 1942." And she told me that she was in engineering school to find a husband. Why go through all that effort? That's a lot to go but through I to find that's that's really that's a lot. That's very expensive. That's a very expensive price tag. That wasn't an issue for her because mommy and daddy were we'll making money. For I see. Yes. So it wasn't an issue. So right. she was just batting her eyes. She got. She got through it. I mean, I'm gonna do what I gotta do to get a husband so I can get a stay-at-home wife. No. But that's not your mentality, guys. That's not somebody that I choose to yeah. allow myself. Like, you do you. That's honestly, that's, that's what it comes down to. Because it, during the course of one's life, you're going to meet individuals who have all kinds of different understandings yes. about what the world is and the impact they want to have on the world and who they want to engage with and why. You have to know for yourself why you're here. Yes. Right? You have to know what your objectives are. And... If people, the people around you aren't aligned in that, they're dead weight. Correct. They're dead weight. And I think we underestimate how impressionable we are at all points of our life. Yes. But we very much, if someone around you is constantly pouring out negativity, is constantly pouring out mediocrity, is constantly pouring out I can't or, you know, why, um, would, you? why would you, why advance, um, let's That's just hang, let's you. party, yeah. let's. Let's chill out. Like you don't have to go to class, or you don't have to, you know, take that job. Or let's just chill for the summer. If if the mindset is not progressive, if the mindset is not advancing, then that is going to have an impact on you, whether you want to embrace it or not. It just will. Absolutely. It just will. So you you have to be constantly building that village and surrounding yourself with the right people. Now, one of the things. I mean, this isn't. You know, I'm going to kind of take it to the next place. But one of the things that I talk about is identifying the right people and the right space, Mm. which is a whole nother skill set. Because even if I know that, you know, I want to be a lawyer, Mm -hmm. I'm 19 years old. I know I want to be a lawyer. Who do I align myself with? You know, do well. I'm 19 years old. Are the lawyers really going to want to talk to me? I don't. I'm not even in law school, Mm -hmm. right? How do I? How do I even do that? Where do I see those people? 
Where do I meet those people? Where do I find? Because a lot of times people want to, but they don't know where to go. Or they're too scared to say something. Fear is a big one. Yeah. Fear, fear is huge. Fear is a big one. The number Just in terms of like speaking up for yourself. Oh my gosh. Fear is huge. I that, used to be like, I used to be like Really? Yeah, I was shy. Oh, I find that hard to believe. (laughs) It's so funny how people say that now. Uh Talk to my parents back when I was in like seventh, eighth grade. I was like, I I would not speak, but literally, and it's funny because when I look back, I was forced in a certain way Mm -hmm. to be vocal. And that Mm. came from basketball because it was like my coach in high school was like, AJ, look, I was a point guard. So if anything, I'm going to be hardest on you because you're my point guard. So I'm going to mold you into the correct point guard that you should be. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing is you're the coach on the floor. And by you being a coach on the floor, you have to communicate and be vocal so that everybody, you can make sure all your teammates are on the same page. So it was one of those situations where, all right, if AJ don't speak, everybody's getting a consequence. I'm just here to ball. Until I actually started to realize (laughs) the the whole package and what she was trying to say versus like, okay, you just go out here doing what you have to do, not really understanding that just a certain word or a phrase or, or some sort of command can now take this play to a whole nother level and be more efficient and effective than just mediocrity. You're so we're so powerful. It, it, we are so powerful. <laughs> when we as, embrace it. As, yes. Even if we don't embrace it. And this is and this is the part of it that's really crazy. Even a person who doesn't embrace their power, when they speak that I'm nothing, when they speak I'm not worthy, when they speak, you know, I can't. Mm-hmm. They may think they're powerless, but they're designing their environment with those words. That's power. Whether you admit it or not, that is power. And so we have to, one, acknowledge that power and to utilize it, right, to the the maximum. And I'm still, listen, we're all a work in progress. Do not think that I'm out here thinking that I figured it out. Okay, I have all of my quirks and insecurities and bits that I'm still working through. But the reality is, because I've actually walked this out, yeah. what I'm saying I know to be true. Yes. You know, when I wake up and I'm mindful, even before I go to networking functions, I, I teach these power poses and words of affirmation because one of the number one reasons why people don't network and don't walk up to strangers is because of that fear of rejection, rejection. right? <laughs> that fear of rejection is, is, is the number one, you're right? right? You're not gonna talk to me. You know, you're, you're going, I'm not good enough, right? I'm not worthy of your time. So I teach these positive affirmations and power posing just to get you into a different mindset, you know, just to speak- Confidence. Just to speak, you know, goodness and encouragement to yourself. No one's there when you're power posing. No one can see you. It's supposed to be done, you know, in a, in the mirror by yourself. Insecure. (laughs) Shout out to my girl, Issa Issa Rae. (laughs) Shout out to my girl, Issa Rae. If you ever, if you ever hear this, I love you and I love your show. Hashtag black girl magic. Yes. 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 Uh, Hashtag black girl magic. But you have to do these things, right? You have to you have to create your world 
in your actions, in your words, in your choices. Don't tell me you want to be a lawyer and you're hanging out with Boo Boo, Ray Ray, and John John on the corner every day. That's not a real thing. Your actions are not supporting the life that you want to live. Right. <laughs> Truth. You're Truth. Not Tate in power. Like that's Lorenz Tate. It's go. not it, that's not how this works. Yeah. I mean some of it is so basic. It's so basic. Yeah. Right? Like lions lions don't meow. Right. Lions roar. Yeah. So if you're a lion and you're meowing, something's not connecting, right? True. And you have to, you know what I said, like AJ said, you have to, you have to get in touch with your inner self and let down their, what was the statement that you said, um, that, um, rules um, without, rules without relationship equals resistance? Rejection, Rejection. yes. Because here, here's what happens when, if you're not confident in yourself, right, you, your body language and everything, whether you know it or yes. not, relates that. Right, so if I come up to someone and I bother my head down, I'm like, huh? Exactly. Excuse me. Right, right, right. Eye contact. Eye contact. You know, to our kids, like speak up and be confident. And I, like, I didn't, my, like, my, I didn't get my confidence actually until um, I think it was like my my sophomore junior year. I started doing like mock trial and I did junior states and. I mean, you're a junior statesman for sure because, like, you have to present, like, you have to get a bill, research it, and present it to the floor like you were, you know, part of, like, the, I was the House of Representatives or Senate, whatever role you were. But the problem is your peers, like, that's their whole purpose is to shred you to pieces. Like, they're looking for every loophole and mistake that you made or something you misquoted or something you misrepresented. And let me tell you, the first time I walked up there, I was scared out my mind because you all no. <laughs> no AJ, I did not pee my pants. I might have like sweat through my shirt or something, but uh, That's funny. yeah, I resisted that time. But uh, it's like you. But once I overcame that fear and I realized that you know what, other people have loopholes in their stuff. Other people, you know, nobody's perfect. So. Mm-hmm. All, like what it allowed me to do is say, you know what? I gotta come in. One, I have to be as prepared as I possibly can. Right. Right. Don't go into something blindly, never. and then then when you get like a bad result or never like it's somebody else's fault. Like prepare, prepare a little bit. You know what I'm saying? At right. least right. go in there knowing, like you said, Christina, your purpose. What what am I going in there for? Yep. And what are my best ways to achieve it? Mm-hmm. Right might not go as planned and if it doesn't such is life you'll be yeah, all right such is life you'll be all right bounce back bounce but back. still don't give up yes. say what went wrong and is there anything i could have done differently to change that outcome right. yep it's a practice and as as you're both athletes so you intuitively will get this right you have to work at your craft yes right you you train you train daily, you train sometimes depending on the level you're at multiple times a day because you're not going to go from, you know, being a high school basketball player to being a LeBron James overnight. You have to, it's discipline and it's practice. A lot of networking and a lot of building relationships is the same. 
It's practice. The first time you step into a professional setting, and this is inevitably going to happen, you are going to be very, very uncomfortable. You're going to feel like you should not be in that room. Mm -hmm. You are going to feel like everyone in that room knows that you should not be in that room. All eyes are on you. Now, just just (laughs) alert, alert. It's all in your head, but that's okay. The mind is quite powerful. So you really will believe these things. That's okay. You have... To keep doing it. The first time you put on a full suit, if you, you know, weren't raised with that, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. All of this, if you haven't been exposed to it, is going to be uncomfortable until right. it's not. Yes. Mm-hmm. Until it's not. And that will happen. The butterflies, I mean, listen, I've been, I'm an attorney, I'm a judge, I've been practicing for how many years? And there are certain rooms that I walk into that I get butterflies. I don't think that that's a bad thing. Be mindful of those butterflies, but still be able to work through it. And that is, exactly. is the habit. And that's a, that's a key, you know, key point of you bringing butterflies into the mix. Because I tell a lot of the kids all the time, because I'm coach, I'm nervous, I don't want to go out and, and play because I, I feel like I'm going to make a mistake. And the first thing that our, our mouth is, well, A, Again, everybody makes mistakes. We make mistakes as coaches, and you will make a mistake out here, but we're not going to penalize you for that. But nonetheless, in my eyes, I think no matter what you do, no matter what you go into, you should have those butterflies. Because by having those butterflies essentially means that you're preparing yourself for what's to come versus stepping foot into whatever it is, and overly confident, and now you're not ready, you're not mentally focused for that event, that right. conference, that presentation, so on and so forth. Um, so the butterflies are good, because I think, again, like once you step into it, and whether it's the court, or, or whether it, you know, it's the court, okay, whether it's the court, or whether it's the court. I like that, I like that, I like that, I like that. You know, essentially, the minute that, you know, like the, the ball goes up, or, or what have you, and people start talking, those butterflies are going to start to disappear. And you're going to be like, okay, I'm, I'm all right. I'm okay. Now your confidence starts to build. You're, you're steadily uh, focused that whole time versus you're like, man, I got this. And then the minute someone comes and let's say Chuck, you like, and then let's say a mock trial per se, yeah. you're like, wait, uh, you talking to me? Exactly. Huh? Huh? Oh, I lost my train of thought. I have amnesia. I don't, you know, I don't know what's <laughs> going on. So I think, you know, the butterflies is definitely an importance of, Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're doing, yeah. for the most and it kind of means it, it, it's it, to me it's an indicator that you care. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Like if you have butterflies, that means that you got a little bit of anxiety because you care about what the outcome. You know, so don't don't fight it, but just like you said, do build build with it. And you know, uh, I'm sure you probably talk oh, about different different techniques of how to overcome it. You know, we probably go into that depth in, in your workshops and stuff, but. Embrace it. I, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, don't don't let it paralyze you to the point where you're like, I have butterflies. I can't handle it. I'm throw up. Yeah, I'm gonna throw up. And I'm gonna throw up. Wash your mouth out and, and keep going. Stop playing games. Stop playing games. No, I I'm a firm believer in using your emotions, but not being led by them. Correct. And there's Ooh. a huge difference. <laughs> There's a huge difference, ladies and gentlemen. There's a huge difference. Your emotions are, they tell you a lot. They tell you a lot about where you are um, in in the space, what you're responding to, who you're responding to. 
but you should always be led by your mind, right? Like your emotions, they, they waver. Yes. They can take you from A to Z in a matter of seconds yep. for no real good reason if we're, yep. we're being honest. Yep, true. But you always have to make sure that your head is what's leading. Yes. You know what your obje- objectives are. You know why you're, you are where you are. And if you don't, then you need to step out. <laughs> like if you if you right. don't know, you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you then you are completely being led by your emotions and you need to get out. Right. Run. Right. Detach right. yourself. Like, Dude, go. Get out. Like in the movie. Get out. Get out. Get out. Just go. out of the situation but okay so since we're since we're on the topic of emotions let's 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 talk about social media what are your thoughts about oh god social media and professionalism yes watch out boys and girls i i think social media is can be wonderful it can be a huge asset if used right it can be a huge asset to build your network yes um and your net worth holla yes that being said (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because because it's so public and because once you put something out there you really can't take it back right, right? it's very 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 difficult to, to wipe something off of the internet you have to be very very cautious and unfortunately I meet a lot of young people that will have had like Facebook pages or Instagram pages for years because I mean these these are not new apps Mm -hmm. and when they were younger and not as wise and not as aware they would post things that now will prevent them from getting jobs because employers do look at Mm -hmm. social media um, and will prevent them from even if it's not necessarily a job but let's say you know you want to go the entrepreneurial route from business relationships from potential clients the first thing people do is they check out your social media. They will look you up. Yeah. That's the norm, and that's the world we live in. So my tip, make sure that you have less than more on via your social media. Mm-hmm. Not everybody needs to know your political views or your personal views, especially on hot topics. Mm-hmm. And I think we all know what some of those hot topics are. Absolutely. Keep Keep that to yourself. And... You know, some people think, oh, well, um, I, should voice my I should voice my opinion. I will not be silenced. First Amendment. Again, sure, you can do that. But do you really, is it worth the hindrance to your career um, and to the life that you're trying to build for yourself? If you have strong views about something, have those views, share those views. But do it in a, right. behind closed doors and not, like, in a way where it's kind of like, you know, it, what's going on today. And people want, let's say, people, quote-unquote, on the other side to understand what people on the opposite side actually feel, right? So have that open discussion where you can talk about those feelings versus you putting a statement out there addressing and maybe belittling something where somebody has a, a different view than you do because if that employer or that person in which you're trying to become, have some business relationships with has a different outlook than you on a certain hot topic, they, because it's that hot, they then can say, well, you know, they're going to try and justify hiring you or 
Right. I don't want to really get into our, like yeah. the the exact stuff, whatever. If you guys can get me in a certain sense, just again, like we well, said, su- be mindful. Superficially, yeah. you know, let's say I'm 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 a registered Democrat, mm-hmm. and let's say I may vote certain views about, you know, the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or the Independents or what, and in a negative way. And then somebody who falls into the group that I'm speaking about in a negative way, they see that now I'm blacklisted, right? Or now I'm not somebody that they want to work with or engage with because of something that truthfully didn't need to be said in that way, right? Is that really the best way to affect change? A post on social media? Like, no, no, right? It's, It's it's honestly not, if we're being honest. Correct. All right. Um, now, if that's your your shtick or how you make your money is by, you know, being explosive, then fine. Then and that's absolutely fine. But for a lot of people, they're posting and they're sharing, especially young young people. And because social media kind of hit the scene and there were no rules, right? There were no rules. Yeah. There was no game plan. It was just like one day it wasn't, and then it was. And everyone has access and everyone can. I think I think there will be a shift. I think we're starting to see the beginnings of some shifting of like, oh, okay. It is dangerous to have, you know. Certain things up. The, we've, yeah. we, we've seen some of the consequences of this kind of open forum. Yes. And so while I'm definitely a proponent of the First Amendment, with caution. Yeah. Right, with caution. But it's the same thing. Like, um, I try to show uh, our athletes hey, you know, you, because now the millennials, per se, um, are very social media oriented, and they live off of this social media and, and everything. The feedback that they get. Yes. So it's right. like, I need the likes, I need the comments, I, I need the feedback <sighs> for validation of self. That's Why? a ego thing. Yeah. I don't know, but such is life. Right. Um, we're going further into that you have, and I've showed coach, I've showed players um, some of coaches' social media accounts where coaches have posted on Facebook, on Twitters, on Instagram, just dropped another prospect athlete due to social media account. Mm. And I said, if you think this is a game, or if you think I created this and photoshopped this, you have something else coming for you. So understand what it is that you're posting on social media, and it's the same thing like. If you are now in college and you're on a team, we know college is an experimenting platform. Be mindful of what you're experimenting. And if you are going to experiment something, there, there, there's no need to put that on social media. Because if you don't think That's... that your coaches or those that are technically investing in you because you're on a scholarship isn't looking, they are. And yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. still think it, it hasn't registered to many. You you touched on something that I think is really important, which is this need to kind of feed the the ego. This you know, I want to be a celebrity. I want to be seen. I want to be liked. Needed. Right. Okay. I want to. My followers. You know, I I this this desire for validation in the most superficial way. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, social. It's the most superficial form of validation that you it can is. you can get. 
but it is instant, right? If somebody likes something, you can you can see it right away. Um, and this that's kind of the era that we're in, right? Everything needs to be fast. It needs to come quick. It needs to be easy and simple. And um, it's unfortunate, but you have to deal with why that need is. Like, why is there a population, right? I can't really say it's all millennials or, you know, I, I, I wouldn't make that gross generalization, but there is definitely... It's an era, and I can't even just say it's young people because I've met peers, right? So people in their mid mid thirties, mid forties, mid fifties that are still seeking out that same like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm gonna post this. Oh, you didn't like my picture. You didn't like. It's it's all about that validation. Mm -hmm. It's about you know, look mm -hmm. at me, look at me. I need you to look at me. Do you think that's self-conscious? I think it's. I think it's part insecurity. I think it's part like a little bit of narcissism, right? A little bit of, of the self, which is also a part of the era that we're in. I think we focus more on what can you do for me and then what I can give to you and what I can provide to you and how I can support you, which is, you know, contrary to my business, contrary to the way I do business and contrary to actual healthy relationships yeah. whether that be professional or personal yeah. but all of that it's all it's about me and it's it's sad and that's definitely a personal journey right if, if on an individual basis people have to kind of why why do i need that whether it's broken homes which i think plays a huge part into it because a lot of how we view ourselves and our worth comes from the household that we were raised in so when you have a you know communities where in single single parent households is really become kind of a social norm, so that I think exactly. that plays into it, and so the millennials get a lot of that. But this is not something new, yeah. And so that that definitely plays into it. But there are various other you know I'm no sociology person yeah. and I'm not a psychologist, but I believe that some of these things play into why you have this era of people that are seeking out likes and friends via social media and not in real life like it's, right. it's, okay yeah. it's like you know they're you hit that? like those are actual you wanna, people you that time? No, yeah. i mean you can go you but i just i i literally you literally have, like we just we literally just went through this that oh. you just said christina um just this year um you know we coach three teams and not so much of our younger girls because, you know, they're still in that phase of just getting cell phones or that's, like, their um, consequence on when they, you know, I'm taking your phone away from you kind of they thing. They get them taken more often um, than not. Yeah. So, but just the basics of, hey, ladies, uh, we're practicing, or who's available to practice on Tuesday? Or is Thursday better? Just that's that's the and and then the, then when we do, you know, we use WhatsApp. So, but they don't realize what you would think they would know that you can see that they you read can it. see yeah. who read it, who it was yeah. delivered to. Um, we do that on on for multiple reasons, you know, so everybody could be in the chat, but for that as well. So then, when we finally do see you and we check you. Oh, coach, you know, um, I did see it. First of all, stop yourself. Do you know what an excuse is? 
If you don't, look it go look it up in a dictionary. <laughs> and don't feed it to me. Exactly. <laughs> and don't feed it to me. And understand it. Be, but then it's so funny when, let's say, they send us a Snapchat or they send us a text message. Let's say we're actually like at work working. Like doing something. Doing something like productive. And like, you know, we get back to them late or I'm driving in from, you know, from New York to PA and I'm like, I'll, I'll see them at practice. Like I'll talk to them about it then. What's the first thing that comes out their mouth? Coach, right. why didn't you respond to my text? Who are you talking to? Why didn't? Well, my text was more important and had some sort of relevance. You <laughs> didn't even respond. And you want me to drive all the way, however many miles it is, out here, and you guys aren't going to come to practice? Uh-uh. I need you guys to understand communication is key. And you have that to that it's a two-way street. Yes. Because they want people to respond to them, to them instantaneously. But but refuse. Or, like, yeah. then they want to send you a screenshot. And it's like, why do you have a hundred and some odd messages that you haven't read yet. Yeah. What are y'all doing with your life? Oh, I, I got nothing for that one. <laughs> I got nothing for that one. But I will say for the people who really, who are hearing this and going, okay, I want to do this differently, mm-hmm. right? I, I've either done it a certain way and I don't want to do it that way anymore, or I'm just getting into the game and mm-hmm. I want to straight out the gate get it right. Because it is unfortunately so rare for a person to conduct themselves with integrity all the time, right? Yeah. If they call, if you call them, they call you back, right? Their yes is yes, their no is no. They're super present. If you can work those and, and be that disciplined, or even mostly that disciplined, right? We all make mistakes. You will stand out as a shining star in ways that you can't even imagine. Like, doors will literally, people will go out of their way to make sure that you go further in life because it's so rare and it's so appreciated. Even a person who could care less and is the rudest person in the world appreciates when you are mindful, respectful, responsive, right, present. Because it's what we need as human beings. It's it's just right. It's just the right way. So if you do that, if you see that diamond in a rough, and you just keep walking. Yeah, you're well. You're willing to help because yeah. you know that you're actually going to be receptive. To right, right, right. And if they're at least going to put the the effort <laughs> forth to you know to at least you know try yeah. to, to to do stuff right. Because like I said, nobody's perfect. But at least if I'm if I'm receptive to, or I mean, responsive was actually the word I was going to say. Like, if I might not be able to do everything that you need to do, but at least if I can communicate, you know what, I, I can't make it. I, I still, you know, you might have to have disappointed the person because you're like, I can't make it. But you know what, there's still the level of respect. I know at least from, from my perspective, yep. there's a level of respect because they at least reached out and said, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not going to be able to do this. Versus the person that you tried to hold their hand, drive them, pull them through, whatever it is, and it almost feels like a, you know, like a, 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 a slap in the face because they leave you hanging right. or they don't, you know what I'm saying? They don't do. show up or they don't respond or they I don't, do. you know. And those are the type of people that after a while, just like you said, I'm you wash your hands. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done concerned. with trying to give you opportunity after opportunity. Yeah. I'm done trying. And that's not, I mean, 
the reality is most people aren't going to do it more than once. Yeah. Most of this yeah. world, if you get one shot, wow, it. you got one shot. Right. So you better be ready. Yeah, you better be ready. I and don't I believe. I say that again because. I don't believe in luck. I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of making sure that things stick. Say it one more time. You only get. One shot. Exactly. If because you're lucky. Here's, here, here's the, yeah, if you're lucky. And see, a lot of times, here we go back to this, a lot of this error. Like, I, I, I'm going I'm, to I'm be nice like you are, and I'm not going to pick on the, the millennials. Okay? <laughs> no, but a lot of this, a lot of what I encounter is a sense of entitlement. And I'm like, well, well, well why do you think you're entitled to, you know, multiple chances and everybody doing this and everybody throwing this your way? No. You most, if you're lucky, you get one shot, one shot. So you have to one be prepared and and make the best of the situation that you have. Right. And and with not the expectation that if I don't do this one, another one is right around the corner. Because that's not a real thing. Yeah. That's not a real thing. You may get another opportunity, but it's not going to be the same. And so you'll never know how that particular opportunity would have affected the trajectory of your life. So you really do have to be ready, right? It's not about just the door opening. It's it's opening and you having everything you need to make the most out of what's on the other side of that door. Because if it opens and you want to walk through it and you're ready to, but you don't have what you need to maximize that, right? To make sure that, okay... You know, I, I want to be a lawyer. This firm is interested in me. But if I don't have a law degree, I'm of no use to them. Right? I can't right. I can't do anything. Right? right? Um, I want to play for, you know, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm assuming you need a, a college degree. Not a college degree. You need to go to college at this point. You right? Have they to, yeah, you have to play at least one year. Well, okay. So I, I want to go to the NBA. I'm in high school, there's a team that's interested in me, I have to necessarily go to college. But how do you get to college? Which means I have to know how to get to college. So the door, the door, right, that door opening, that's the Lakers. The Lakers are on the other side of that. But all of those things have to be lined up necessarily for me to even be able to walk through the door. So it's not just, oh great, you know, I want these opportunities. But if you're not working, hustling, disciplining yourself there is it doesn't matter if the opportunity comes because if it comes you won't be able to do anything with it so there's a lot of preparation that goes into you know getting to the next the next level on the other side but essentially at the same time going off to like getting into college and all those certain aspects um again sports related you're a student before you're an athlete Right? And you hear us touch on this probably every podcast. Being a student before an athlete, you have to have a good grade. You can be talented. You can be the best player on that team. You can score thousands upon thousands of points. But what kind of validation does that give you if your grades are below a C, a D? Where are you going? How many athletes do we know of that make their way into these professional leagues and end up 35 and broke? Ah. That's that's 
actually more common than the MJs, right? Yeah. Like that's because that is more. They be, don't understand. Like, hey, you're getting this upfront money. Um, sorry, that's some disrespectful terminology. But you're getting this upfront money. Then you know you have your contract. But what people don't realize is, hey, you could be like, hey, such and such just got a twenty million dollar contract. They're getting that over time. There's stipulations amongst that contract where they're not technically getting that whole twenty million. Um, and it's all about how you use that money. Are you gonna be investing in that money? So God forbid you have a life ending injury where you can't play anymore, how are you gonna live? How are you gonna support your family? What are you gonna do? And that's why I, I you know, I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, but I respect him in a business aspect because he came straight from high school and learned the game very quickly. And if some yesterday he decided to say, I'm not playing basketball anymore, he's set for life because of how he set up his chessboard. Nonetheless, yeah. he strategized very well mm-hmm. and under, understood the game. And versus let me go buy the Bentley, the Maserati, the big billion dollar home, put my whole family in it and put all my friends yeah. and got, you know, this and that. And it's like, are those a necessity? Do you need the shiny things to live your life? Do you even know what you need to live your life? That's you have no question. idea. And I and I'm not I'm not even trying to be um, derogatory or pull down any person. But truthfully, do you know your number? Do you know how much money you need to sustain the lifestyle that you want to live? And if you do know that number, do you have an actual game plan? To getting that and making sure that that wealth, that money, is actually pouring into you, and if you don't, then that's something that you need to be figuring out. Correct. Correct. Um. Moving forward, because clearly you don't have to. Moving forward in October, we plan on setting up a workshop with Christina. So for any of you guys that are out there that are listening. Whether you are in middle school, elementary school, and you, you want to start young, um, primarily those that are in high school or even in college, interested in joining us to touch base on a lot of things that we covered um, in today's episode, uh, we will be putting a flyer out there um, so that you can sign up, you can come out, and we can really digest the essentials that you really need and the core values that you should kind of want to incorporate in your life um, and make that kind of manifest. I also do one-on-one coaching. I didn't say that, but plug. Uh, yes, <laughs> I do one-on-one coaching. So okay. um, I don't know if you'll have my information on your website, or but you can uh, email me at info at progressiveeducation.us. And I'd be more than happy to sit and kind of figure that out. But I hope to see all of you in October. (laughs) Do you have any social media? I do. Uh, Progressive Education uh, Consulting is my Instagram. Uh, You can look up Progressive Education Consulting Group on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. But before we let you go, we always always ask kind of like the, the same question of all of our guests. Because, like AJ said, no matter what walk of life we we go through, or what career we you know aspire to have or, or, or do, um, 
we all have adversity. We mm. all have something, some stumbling, but something, yeah. some fallback, <laughs> something that knocked us down. That knocks us True. down. So, um, so our question to you is: What was your biggest adversity, and what did you do to overcome that? Okay, you you told me you were gonna ask this question. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is the hardest time. question you've asked because I I faced I faced quite a few I faced quite a few huh Jamal stand out yeah but so, something that you like really thought you know what I might not come out of this when you were going through it you were like okay so my second my first year of law school I. I was very excited to go to law school. This was like the, the big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, worked very hard. I was working full time, studying for the LSAT at night. And, you know, when I got my LSAT score, I was like, oh gosh, I'm not going to get it. I, I didn't think I'd be, I did as well as I should have. I got into a decent school, got a good package. So I was there and I was excited and I was like, oh, this is great. And my first semester was okay. My, by my second semester, the, the veil was gone, right? It wasn't, mm-hmm this new shiny exciting thing this was a very traumatic it got real it got real this is hard um the social environment was something that was very unusual to me it was very very aggressive very competitive Mm. and in a way that i just never experienced right i've i dealt with academic strain Mm. and i think mentally i was i was prepared for that so the, the academic strains, it wasn't what got me. It was that isolation. And it was that I really don't care if you fail. <laughs> and that really is the, that was the environment. Nobody really cared. I could have failed out. Yeah, it's no one, I it's mean, very, very, it's, it's very, yeah. very cutthroat. And I think that there are a lot of people in different professions that face this, mm-hmm. where I had to decide for myself, right? You're gonna have to navigate this. You're gonna have to navigate the through the isolation, through the pain, through all the insecurities, right? Because you're constantly being told you're wrong, you're wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, rejected mm-hmm. constantly. No. <laughs> and no, no that's yeah. wrong. Oh no, no, counselor, you know, counselor Bonanay, when you when you start, you know, your one L year, your first year of law school, your your counselor, your Mrs. Bonanay. You could be 18, 17, 15, no one cares. And that was very difficult for me to, to, to feel that isolated and that alone and have to continue and push through and create in that space. And the way that I overcame it was by finding allies, by meeting other people who felt just as alone that I, as I did, by becoming active in the Black Law Students Association and pouring out and helping other people and making sure that you know my mistakes could be their successes right and and channeling all of that energy into other people and and to the to the best of my abilities i went to my first year of law school we had maybe around around 30 students of color right Mm -hmm. a huge chunk were asked to leave because they didn't they didn't make it their first year and that totally, you know, I went buck. Like, oh my 
gosh, as an institution, you should be ashamed of yourself. Right. What is going on? And just totally, you know, because that also affirmed that I wasn't the only one who yeah. was struggling. I was fortunate that my struggle wasn't academic. It didn't manifest through my grades, but it it was real and it was real for a lot of us, which fueled me even more. Because I was like, okay, as a, as a school, you need to do something to support um, your students. Yeah. And if there's students who are struggling, there needs to be avenues yes. for them to advance. And so ultimately, <laughs> I was going back, like I actually like fought this fight. I was going meeting the dean and, and mm -hmm. having this whole, and created this, yeah. this course. And after I graduated, they actually turned my course into a real course. And so, yeah, so, and the, the dean, well, you gotta, you gotta make lemonade. The dean has actually asked me to be on his advisory board on diversity and inclusion, because he's like, no, you, you're clearly passionate about this and your ideas are, are good ones, right? What you have to offer is positive. And I think that that's, that really is the key to all of this. Right. Do not think that you're the only one facing adversity. Do not think that you're the only one that is struggling. Um, but use it. Right. Struggle isn't bad. Right. How are diamonds made through pressure? Yeah. Right. Like it's it's pressure. It's painful. But if you can take it and it does take so much strength. And I understand. I understand that desire to give up. You know, I remember one day I was in my bathroom and. My bathroom is like my sanctuary. I've always yeah, been that way. <laughs> so, yeah, I have my candles lit. I have my Coltrane. I love my jazz. I have my Coltrane playing. And I'm in the bathtub and it's just candles. And I like sunk into the water to the point that I could hear my heartbeat. Like it was just silence. Like the music had stopped and it was just silence. And I could hear my heartbeat. And in that moment, I really made a choice that... This is not going to defeat me. Right. Yes. This is not going to defeat me. And for for those listening who are facing, you know, serious adversity and and on all, all kinds of levels that probably I can't even fathom. Yeah. Right. You have to choose, and it's maybe unfair that you have to make that choice, but we all have to make that choice. No one is exempt from that choice because we all face adversity. Yes. So are you going to use it? Are you going to let it use you and yeah, be your downfall? Make it your story. Right. Make it your story. Right? That's why I tell everybody, it's my testimony, y'all. Yeah, yeah, man. I got a few. Exactly. I got a few. Exactly. Take it from church. Exactly. Take it from the church. <laughs> and I mean, and, and, I, and I think that's important, you guys, and you're listening out here, it's not, you're not going to have one struggle, and just because you got over one, then <laughs> you're never going to have gonna another one again. I love it. I don't know. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. But multiple personalities. <laughs> I mean, I could go full on Brooklyn. We could just, you know, we could have that. We could be that, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I mean, and that's why that this is why we started doing the podcast. Like, because we would have like personal conversations, like one on one conversations. And it's like we gotta get this. With our, you know, with our athletes or people that were going through individual things, and what we realized is like, okay, well, we're not the only ones, so someone else could benefit from hearing this, and yeah. you might not have, you might be sitting at home and don't have a personal mentor yet. But one of the things that you should have heard through this is that Christina said, "Go find yourself 
Thank you. Go find That's a big one. A big one. Big um, one. Nothing else is G. <laughs> uh, you know, out of, out of that is the fact that, you know, that helps because having someone that's in your corner that's advocating for you, mm-hmm. that can kind of steer you in the right direction, kind of you maybe can learn from some of the lessons that they've had is, is, is important. So one of the, the takes back from from this episode is go find yourself a mentor and also you need to practice 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 whether you know what I'm saying like you know be confident <laughs> find yourself first too yeah be confident who you are moment you know like you don't have to necessarily you know change who you are what your objectives are but get in touch with what those objectives are yeah. um and then find the right route anything else you want to add Nope, I just want to say, Christina, thank you so much for joining You're us. You're welcome. It was amazing. It was, I, I mean, I, I'm inspired uh, just having this conversation, and I hope that you guys out there are as well, um, and you take these key points from this conversation and kind of relate it to your own life and see what it is that you can learn from here and moving forward, and you guys know how to contact us. Um, I Crack Skills, Crack Codes. Again, Christina, give us your information yes. um, so that anybody that, if you guys want a one-on-one consulting with her, hit her up, follow her on social media, and don't forget, we're going to set up a workshop, Crack the Codes, I Crack Skills, for uh, you guys with Christina um, that will be based in Newark, New Jersey. Um, and yeah. So you can email me directly at info, I-N-F-O, at progressiveeducation.us and you can check out Progressive Education Consulting on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. I think it's PE Consulting Group. Fantastic. Well, with that being said, thank you, Christina. Words of wisdom, people. Yes. That's another episode.